Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo, and we've got a special guest on tonight. It's not JB, it's not Pistol, it is Nicey. How are you, champion? Good to have you back. I am fantastic, thank you, Cheezo. It's, uh, it's been a while, but I'm lo- really, really looking forward to getting into this one tonight. I think it's going to be a good podcast, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how you've, uh, you've been going over the last couple of weeks as well. Look, uh, as we found out over the course of the past few years doing these podcasts, both Pistol and JB are unavailable for no apparent coincidence when their teams just kind of flunk on the weekend. Now, I see uh, Chizo just getting the uh, the wood over Pistol, and uh, I haven't heard from him. I honestly have not heard from him since Sunday. I think he's uh, I think he's sulking. It was a close contest, um, even uh, with a poor captaincy option. We uh, we still got over over Pistol, who it is now official. He has no trades. I know we say that every week, but I'm, I I feel like he's burnt all the way through them. Nicey, how'd your weekend go? I had a good weekend, mate. Uh, scored two three, which uh, I will take any day of the week after those. Disgusting buy rounds. Let's be honest. Um, good to be scoring back back in the two thousands. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. But yeah, a, b- a bit disappointing that Pistols MIA. It, it is a little bit. Uh, he he is uh, celebrating today as well. Happy birthday, Pistol. We'll give you that little shout out just because you are kind of licking your wounds after falling to the cheese, the cheese o chase day on in uh, two thousand eighteen. Um, we should also mention here, Nicey, uh, that. The Cancer Council has now, uh, as we talked about last week, tipped over 5K in total donations. We've actually broken our record for, uh, you know, total amount raised in a single uh, calendar year. Nicey, it's fantastic. We're up to $1,929. We've got a few donators here that we should should go through. Um, Adrian Kaeli was an all-time best rank until Gunston Donut, followed by Five Captain. That was uh, following up last week. And uh, Kevin uh, donating again. Apparently, there is such a thing as leather poisoning because Cabe Simpson, well, Simpson was a late out nicey. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it uh, might have been a little uh, tanking for Rankin, um, as we've been he- heard on the, the Twittersphere. Um, 129 SC in his 300th game. Uh, a donation for Cade. Um, I'm surprised we don't have a few more of those going through nicely. Did you end up getting a donut because of uh, the Cade Simpson uh, tight calf? We believe that he had. I didn't. Thankfully, ended up uh, ended up bringing in Elliot Yo as a as a late uh, late replacement there for for Simpson, which uh, was good that I didn't get my trades done early in the week. But yeah, you're right. There, I'm sure there would uh, there would be a few more donuts out there. Bit uh, bit thin, I think, at the moment with our with our backline. Uh, replacements, uh, emergencies, but I, I think we've got a few on the bubble this week, mate, that we'll probably talk about when we get get uh, get to the games. Yeah, luckily for me, I had cover for Heaney, Fife, and Simpson this week, so uh, held on to those trades that I've still got remaining uh, nicely, so that should get me through uh, to the end of the season, looking a little bit uh, uh, worse for wear with my team so far this season, but we'll carry on, mate. The the, uh, the the show goes on. We'll jump into the first round, uh, first game of the round. It was the Sydney Swans over the Cats, and uh, another bit of a grind between these two. We've we've seen a lot of tussles. The Cats just in a, inability to kick a goal, mate. Just basically kept them in, uh, kept the Swans in the hunt because I, I I think I saw on Twitter it was like the third worst kicking efficiency in the last ten years or something ridiculous. Yeah, look. Mate, as a Saints supporter, it's uh, it's not an unfamiliar sight. But um, yeah, the cats, the, the cats with the yips in front of goal uh, on the weekend. But it was a it was a decent game and, and some big scores out of it as well. Chizo. 
Yeah, obviously, uh, Joel Sell with the captain at 125. Mitchie Duncan, which was a very, very common uh, Fife trade in, another 125. And uh, Paddy Dangerfield, not very exciting, nicey. 104, we just, uh, as we've talked about, all these guys stealing points of each other, we're just not seeing the ceiling from uh, the likes of Dangerfield and Selwood that we have in previous years. It's uh, it's it's a good DT to SC ratio, only putting up 76 Dream Team points, but uh, we really, he, he, to me, he's not even a VC option at this stage. No, absolutely not. I think, I think um, as I was saying to you before, Chizo, I, I think this, this round was, um, was very, uh, it was, just an expected round. It was just just very stock standard. I think these sort of scores. It was almost like everyone sort of scored their average this week. As we as we look across the board, um, danger with the one hundred and four this week. I think the the best captaincy vice captaincy option. You just you put the VC on Tommy Mitchell, and if he scores well, then you lock in uh, lock him in. But if not, I think we just go straight into a Gorn or a Grundy. They seem to be the most reliable scorers uh, across the board uh, at the moment. So Dangerfield. Just yeah, it's uh, it's strange that um, we went into this season, you know, thinking he was the number one ranked player, and he's he's probably far from it uh, at the moment. I'm not sure where he's where he's sitting ranked at the moment, but um, yeah, not uh, not anywhere near where we'd like him to be, as you say, with the players just uh, just taking points off off each other, and and the addition of Gary Ablett into the side just sort of yeah throwing that into into a bit of chaos. Well, speaking of number one ranked players, Jakey Lloyd, another one forty plus score. The dude's just a freak, nicey. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm uh, so glad I brought him into into my side when I did. Not one that I started with, but on the weekend he had 23 kicks and and 10 handballs. Uh, another one with uh, with a case of leather poisoning, uh, Chizo. But um, he's he's just fantastic um, across half back. He had the four marks, um, two free kicks, four helped his score, but nine contested possessions as well. It's uh, he's just an invaluable player in in your side. And if you don't have him in there I think he is an absolute trade in target you have to have Jake Lord you have to ha- you have to finish with Jake Lord uh, this yep. season not sure about uh, how many own him at the moment we can have a look for you in a sec but um yeah, just another fantastic game and and one that could could get a, a VC option in the future as well well, he's only in 26% of teams right now, so he's still kind of unique, which is just disgusting yeah. for a defender yeah. that's averaging 110. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting when he goes to Gold Coast next year on $2.5 million a year and he just does a Nick, Mal- <laughs> a Nick Malcheski and spuds it up completely because yeah, he, he doesn't have the players around him to get him the ball. Um, and Another one of your boys, Callum uh, Sinclair, Scoring well again, nicey. He always seems to do that when we're on the podcast together. JPK, who was also a uh, a talked up option for Nat Fife or one hundred and three, probably not what we uh, had hoped for, but a uh, uh, tons a ton. And as you say, pretty much across the board, it was just a, your stock standard round. So uh, Quinton Narkle. Uh, having his second game, only the 12 touches and a goal. Um, so, you know, 37 points isn't anything to write home about, but it's more than Dan Hanabry, nicely. How far the mighty have fallen. Yeah, absolutely. You look at uh, at down the bottom there with Dan Hanabry and Kieran Jack, just uh, obviously not... not uh either really been super coach relevant in you know for a couple of years now but um and I know obviously Kieran Jacks uh got got injured on the weekend but um yeah not uh, not good from Hanbury uh not owned in a in a high percentage of side point uh what are we point four six percent of of sides so nothing too much to worry about there yeah we'll jump into the next game of the round the Tigers and the Crows and uh Chizo had a few mates on, on the Tiger side sitting in the members 
pretty much just sweating bullets the whole game. The, uh, the, one of those supporters that are nervous at every point of the game until the siren goes, thinking that um, they're, they're somehow going to get overrun even though they've had double the scoring shots. So that was funny getting some texts from those guys. Uh, the Nank, 113. Uh, uh, Martin, 99. Uh, we're just seeing a lot of uh, the loads spread across all of the uh, you know the Tigers team, which is what they're renowned for right now. We're even looking down to um, a Rance and a, a Jack Graham, who was also injured uh, that shoulder on the weekend, down to their you know their third and their fourth lower scorers are still scoring in the sixties, and just it just goes to show um, you know how much workload has been spread across the entirety of the team. If you look conversely over to the Adelaide Crows, they've got three tons. Jenkins and Duday played fantastic. Matty Crouch had an uh, insane amount of the ball. Same with Rory Sloan, but just didn't have the impact. And uh, there's just too many doing too few on the side on the day to help the Crows be competitive with the Tigers, Nicey. Um, the, the likes of Bryce Gibbs, even though he's playing inside, got 25 touches, just didn't have the impact that we expected. Yeah, a bit disappointing from a lot of the Adelaide players, but as we said, the the you know the important ones did well. Tom Duday, uh, just want to highlight quickly, Chizo here, only had the eight kicks, but the 20 handballs went at 91% efficiency. For a first-year player, um, that's just, you know, phenomenal and... I think he's probably going to be... He's still in my side, and I think he's probably going to be the one that I upgrade last because he's just been so reliable um, down back. Um, just, yeah, fantastic. Him and him and Matty Crouch, obviously the standouts for the Crows at the moment. Yeah, interesting to hear that um, Matty Crouch... Uh, had a busted hand during the week, but still played the mm. game. So uh, can't have been anything too pressing. And as you say, obviously with the 20 uh, handballs to eight kicks, Duda is going to have a high... You'd hope that he'd have a high um, uh, effective disposal Absolutely. Uh, ratio because, you know, handballs are usually easier to hit than than a lot of kicks and things. So um, mm. Chizo's favourite defender, still uh, favourite rookie this year, still kicking on. Uh, on the Tigers, thing, uh, Tigers side of things, um, the, Dusty is really starting to confuse me because we've seen um, at the start of games, and uh, particularly this one, he's had 30 touches, two goals, two, and he's only just scraped over or scraped to a 99 or almost uh, to your basic tonne. The first half, he'd just basically done nothing. And mm. I was watching the game just going, just trying to trying to figure out what his role has changed because Dim is saying that, you know, Dusty is is playing a different role. And then today, uh, or during this game, he's just picking up a lot of junk time stats. He, um, But he's still getting his couple goals. Like, you blink and suddenly he's at 30 touches. Why is he not doing this every week is, is what I can't understand, can't understand there. And there's not really uh, an answer to that, uh, that nice. It's just a week-to-week proposition. But hopefully towards the back end of the year as they're gearing up for finals, um, they should see... We should see him reverting to that more midfield role. So he is hoping for that one, mate. Um, You'd hope so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll jump into uh, game of the round. It was uh, Brisbane and the Blues. <laughs> Dane Beams, fantastic to those uh, that uh, shouted me out on Twitter for uh, jumping on Dane Beams. 148 Supercoach. It's, uh, it would be a great inclusion, particularly because of his cheaper price uh, as a, as a, uh, a replacement for Fife Nicey. Yeah, absolutely, and and Beams has been one that I've been looking at for a couple of weeks now. He's uh, he's really started to come into his own since he since he relinquished the captaincy a few weeks ago. Um, but 
yeah, just just one that I'm not confident in putting on on the field. I don't want to be bringing him in because I'm not confident that he can stay on the park. But in the last three weeks, he's gone 100, 129, and this week 148. So if you did bring him in after the buys, or or if you if you did do him uh, a straight swap for for Nat Fife last week, uh, you'd be you'd be pretty happy. It's fair to say. And with a break even of just 37, um, he he may still be on on a lot of people's watch lists. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that attracts people to Dane Beams is the fact that when he scores, he scores incredibly highly. So mm. he's got that that high ceiling that's uh, he's always had during his career. Dane Zorko was running loose pretty much 129. Eric Hipwood, six uh, six goals, had a, a day out we've kind of seen into the future a little bit. He has been, uh, you know, what he can offer down the track when he fully develops. And uh, Luke Hodge was just the general across the back line there. Um, and mm. shout-outs to uh, Lechdog, his boy, Dan. Danny Rich, 119. He'd be pretty happy, pretty happy about that. Uh, that's for sure. On the blue side of things, there's really not a whole lot to write home about. I suppose we should talk about Paddy Cripps getting tagged by Jared Berry. Not a renowned tagger, but certainly did the job. Kept him to only uh, the 21 touches and 93 Supercoach points. For those that chucked the VC on him, expecting him to uh, you know explode nicely, it wasn't a really good outcome. No, it's not. But that's why that's why we chuck the VC on him, so we have that um, that backup sort of play. But there'd be a lot of a lot of um, people expecting that Cripps would have done done really well this week against the Lions. But um, there were probably conversely a lot of a lot of people that thought the Blues would have done all right against them as well. But um, yeah, just just a bit disappointing from Cripps. But you, you know, you'd take a ninety three again. That kick to handball ratio is a bit of a worry, um, as I've always talked about with Cripps, but. It's the you know he's just a contested contested possession machine so nothing too much to worry about there just a bit of a down week for for Cripps but yeah. um you know he's he's got that high ceiling which we love about him scoring the one eighty or whatever it was the other week so yeah it just you'd you'd cop a ninety from him knowing knowing what his ceiling is. Yeah, we should see him bounce back. Nice to see uh, Caleb March back back in, running around. He'll come good for the run. Um, pretty much anything in this game that was uh, fantasy uh, relevant um, on the uh, was all towards the Brisbane side of things nicely. Mm-hmm. They, they had so much more of the pie there. Uh, we should also talk about uh, one of Pistol's uh, suggestions, which was Alex Witherden, 105 Supercoach, 116 Dream Team. He was a uh, an option a few weeks ago when he was uh, suggesting that he could be, uh, you know, a, a semi decent um, D seven, uh, even a D six, because he had kind of dropped in price a little bit. So uh, that was really, really, really good to see, and uh, one to definitely keep an eye on because he's uh, he, he's had a few good scores in the last uh, mm. three or four weeks. So one uh, one to, to touch on there. We we'll jump into the next game, the Power and the Saints. And uh, this really should have been a bigger margin here nicely. I don't really want to rub salt into the wounds too much, but um, the scoreline kind of uh, makes uh, Saints' effort look a little bit better than it was. No, absolutely flat as the Saints, mate. Uh, 12 goals and 14 behinds to the power, so it could have been a lot worse than what it was. But on the positive, there's uh, there's been another good score from an unlikely, unlikely player on the Saints there, David Armitage. Um, he's gone... Two tons in a row now, and and with a break even, I think I think might be in the negatives. But um, he's he's looking all right, David Armitage. But um, the, yeah, otherwise uh, for the Saints, Jade Gresham scored well again with with a ninety seven, um, but 
yeah, probably probably not one you'd be looking looking to bring in. Uh, and shout out to JB as well. Was it JB that brought in Jimmy Webster the other week, mate, or was it this week? Oh, I think he's brought him in with a break even of 170. So uh, yeah. uh, it, it's just uh, he gets itchy. He gets itchy if he has an extra trade sitting around. So um, yeah, no, he, fair he, enough. He, he's only got one left as well, just burning through as quickly <laughs> as he can. Um, it, but yeah, um, Jimmy Webster. Probably a good in in the next few weeks. Uh, someone that was a good in for us this week, uh, for those that had him on our benches, Logan Ostom came to the party with 86. How did you like his game, Nicey? Loved his game, mate. Unfortunately, I traded him out a couple of weeks ago when he uh, when he was omitted from the side. But 11 kicks and 7 handballs went at the 77% efficiency. But, um, yeah, good game from the young kid and a good option to have down back. Like I said, with, uh, with Simpson going down this week, there wasn't many options down back. So if you happen to have Logan Austin on your bench, uh, you'd, be, you'd be pretty happy with a return of, uh, of 86 points, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jack Steele, we should mention, um, he has turned into basically the St Kilda's fully-fledged tagger now. The last Mm. uh, four or five weeks, I think you might agree with me nicely, is that Steele has had a job on someone. This week he was tagging uh, Ollie Wines, uh, kept Ollie Wines to only the 62 Supercoach points, and we know that um, he was uh, in such good form just recently, a lot of people were jumping on. So it is... Interesting to note that when they did tag someone, they used Jack Steele, who, as we know, is a, a tackling and a, a beast and c- accumulator also. So um, he's mm. he's definitely kind of foregoing his scoring potential um, to be a tagger, and I, I think that's something that we should you know monitor with Saints players uh, going forward because uh, Jack Steele knows how to find the ball, he knows how to track the ball, he's going to be around it for those that um, are trying to accumulate. So. Um, um, players like Andrew Gaff, I think, might be a little bit more affected that are more on the outside could see some Jack Steele mm. action. Um, we should talk about yep. the power side of things. Uh, Motlop went bananas with 136. Tommy Rockliffe came off Chizo's bench to cover for Nat <laughs> Fife with a 121. Nicey, I've got to say... I pretty much ruined my season um, taking a punt on Tommy Rockliffe, but it's nice to see that the one week that I did need him, he came out with a 121. Well, look, I was going to say it was a masterstroke, mate, but you, you're playing. Oh, it was not. It was not a masterstroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you boys have been very, very um, pro having Tom Rockliffe as that sort of um, mid nine. Uh, just, just have him on your bench, which I, I thought was was a ridiculous proposition at the time, but uh, it's worked out all right over the last couple of weeks. There's, you know, he's 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 scored all right. He's he's come good. Seventeen kicks and thirteen handballs this week. Uh, had the eight marks as well. So. Um, yeah, important, important uh, little score there for you on uh, to, to come on for Fife. Who we, we you didn't take your own advice and and didn't end up trading Fife. But um, yeah, no, not not a bad move when you've got Rockliffe sitting on your bench there. Yeah, well, it's an, it's an interesting point you you called me out on there. I I did recommend that you trade Fife if you didn't have cover, and in this instance, I'm a little bit of a stubborn. Supercoach player, if I'm going to fork out 400 grand to buy someone and then, you know, not use them as bench cover, that would be, I just feel too stupid doing that. So uh, yeah. I, can't, I, I kind of just was a little bit too stubborn to trade out Fife because, you know, I've, I've already got Tommy Rockliffe. I might as well play him and my season's already over. So what, you know, who, who cares? But um, he's got a five round average of 100.2. So um, it's not great. 
it's it, it's kind of what I expected. But um, yeah, you know, if if for the next you know five rounds he goes at a hundred, that'd be um, you know to cover five. But it's not the biggest loss, and it allows me to use that trade somewhere else and and put him back to to M nine um, once five comes back. Uh, hopefully, um, if he's back, mm. so. For the semi-finals, yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. Um, mm. uh, I've got to try and beat Pistol again, probably. Um, we should also <laughs> also mention the forwards of Robbie Gray, uh, Chad Wingard, and Justin Westoff, all putting up around the ton mark. They've all been fantastic uh, cho- choices. And uh, Travi Boak, eighty-seven. It, it's it's a return to form. We haven't seen Travi Boak putting up such a score this high with Chad, with Chad Wingard. In form, mate. He's uh, he's been spending a lot more time in the forward line um, as Chad's moved up the ground. He's just been not getting the ball. So, um, eighty-seven mm. is about all we can expect from Travis Boak in the uh, the current climate with Chad Wingard a little bit more up around the ball, being a magnet. Uh, we'll jump into Absolutely. the next the next game here. Nicey dogs and hawks. Um, is there any bother in tagging Tom Mitchell when you're getting beaten by seventy points? Is the question. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, the question. It's come up a few times this year, hasn't it? But um, yeah, you wouldn't have thought so. And and uh, what did uh, what did he end up with a seventy nine? Wasn't it this week? Yep. Um, yeah, Trezo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, look, you wouldn't have thought so. And it's just frustrating for us super coach players, isn't it? You see, you see the Hawks uh, absolutely dominate a game, but but Tommy Mitchell's you know restricted to uh, uh, what did he what did he end up with fourteen kicks and thirteen handballs. So you know, still still a decent uh, decent amount from Tommy, but obviously not the not the one hundred and eighty four or whatever he scored last week. Um, it's it just seems to be that way. He he goes bananas, and and the coaches come and tag him next week. So. Um, obviously, I, th- I think he's still worth as our number one VC, um, and then go into go into someone like a Gorn or a, or a Grundy um, if that if that move doesn't pull off. But yeah, just frustrating for coaches to see to see Tommy Mitchell get tagged, isn't it? Just let him off, let him off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't they all be like Bucks? Um, yeah. It's difficult to go past. Difficult to go past like Luke Bruce. Um, not. I, I was almost going to say not fantasy relevant, but. How can you not be fantasy relevant if you're putting up 151 in DT, 165 in Supercoach? So there's that really good ratio. He's put up eight marks, Absolutely. seven tackles, two goals, two, and a, a team-leading 15 contested possession, game-leading 15 mm. contested possession. It's just absolutely ridiculous game from um, the Tamora boy. Um, we should <laughs> see that uh, Jack Gunston, 123. Yeah. That's interesting because... Yes, he's kicked four goals too, but we have seen in recent weeks he's been floating up and down the ground nicely. Yeah, pistols, man, isn't he? Jack, uh, Jack Gunston. He's been he's been talking about Jack Gunston for a while now, hasn't he? See, he's one of those players he talks I... up, but he never brings in. No, yeah. Well, he's gone 123, 74, and then um, back into the side this week for for 123 again. So he's uh, he's been going well, and with a break even of 94, I'm not sure he's one you'd be looking to bring in, but. He's uh, he's just been serviceable all year. He's only had the one low score of forty seven back in round ten, um, but he's you know he's got that ceiling to go big when he's kicking goals. Um, you know they he, he's you know one of those players that obviously scores scores well, and they've got a great run coming up as well. Hawthorne, they've got Brisbane, Carlton, Fremantle, Essendon, and Geelong, St Kilda, and Sydney to finish the year. So he might be he might be in for a big big finish to the year. I, I dare say, Chizo. Yeah, it, it's interesting that people are kind of dismissing him, saying that um, he's not a great 
super coach option, yet there's the same people saying that Devin Smith is amazing. Devin Smith is mm. averaging 94.7 for the year and is 97 in his last three, 94.4 in his last five. If you look at the same time period for Jack Gunston, he's only averaging 94.2, so only half a point per game less. He's got a three-round average of 106.7 and a five-round average of 93. So they're pretty much on par, except Absolutely, yeah. Jack Gunston is in 3% of teams. And when they have games like this, they can you know score off the map. So um, mm. it, it definitely holds credence to those thinking about bringing Jack Gunston in, particularly um, if you're just finalizing your team and you don't have... Um, a whole lot of cash to scrape together. You can't pick the big boys like a, a Gray or a West off it. It, de- it definitely one to uh, to think about. Um, mm. And there's one of those games where on both sides we had some ridiculous scoring. We saw JJ on the opposite side, 139. He was basically running free for the first time in two years, not getting any attention. We see why that coaches are sending him attention week in and week out, and we see his role change all the time because he was just a freak. Yeah, he's, he had a fantastic game on the weekend. Um 23 kicks we haven't I don't remember the last time JJ's had that uh, had that many touches but um, 23 kicks and, and the nine handballs um, went at 93% efficiency it was it was just the JJ of old and and hopefully we continue to see that because he was he was just such a fantastic super coach option down in defense back in the day and and uh, you know he's obviously uh, you know people people think that uh, those days are days are done I think but um, JJ's still showing he's got a lot left in the tank Yeah. Uh, We should also mention the second game of Brad Lynch, 84 for the game. He had 15 kicks, eight handballs, five marks and a tackle. So um, he's been serviceable. He's a 123,900 defender you can pick up. Averaging 74 across his two games, he's got a negative break-even of negative 71. So he's going to make you some some cash if you you do have trades and able to utilize that. Um, But definitely one to think about. And it would have been good to pick him up last week nicely if you needed to do some defender downgrades to uh, pick up Kate Simpson. What do you think? I, I think I, I think I know where this is going, Chizo. I, I think I. I I'm think not going to Okay. Well, all right. I can tell the listeners. I'm, I'm happy with it. I may have brought in Brody my check this week. Um, at uh, after he's after he's gone up ninety four thousand. But look, you do what you have to do when Simpsons when Simpsons are laid out. I didn't just bring. I didn't just go Yoda. It wasn't as wasn't as easy as that. I may have had to bring in my check as well to cover for uh, for young Tom Murphy, who uh, who I'd picked up the week before. It's, it's a super it's a, super panic. That, it's it's, it's, it's me just with, me would titch in the captaincy this week. It was a super panic. That's what it was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I didn't I didn't, <laughs> I didn't back Brad Lynch in to be honest for 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 this week to to beat his score of sixty three the week before, but he did. He proved me wrong, and and Brody my check came away with the forty nine. So thanks, Brody. Uh, Speaking of people we backing in to uh, bounce back, Toby McLean, he'll bounce back next week to uh, increase his score from 84. We'll jump into the next game, Demons and the Dockers. It was just a slaughter from the uh, the big guys in uh, the Melbourne team, Uh, both stature and uh, their super coach uh, ability because the big guys in Gorn and Oliver both putting up 150 scores. And if you like me to have both of them in your team nicely, there was a few shining lights at the end of the dark tunnel when you had three premiums out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And throw Grundy into that mix, and you're you're already on track for for a big score as well from uh, from those three boys. But um, Christian Petraka, the interesting one as well, putting up a uh, 138 would have been nice uh, if he'd done that while he was in my team at the start of this year. But um, <laughs> that yeah, makes no, makes, two got, makes two of us. That makes two of us. That makes makes two of us. Good, beautiful. <laughs> well, um, let's not let's not talk about it anymore because you know uh, Ben and Chris from Supercoach Insider are going to get up me and uh, start tagging me in Christian <laughs> Petrarca memes again because oh, of our, our back and forth in the preseason. Uh, so mm. uh, Tom McDonald bounced back to form with a 103. It's the same thing that I've said before. He's going to score well in games where they win and he's going to get serviceable entries into the forward 50. He's not going Absolutely. to score in difficult games where he's not getting the, the kind of freedom um, and repetitive entries that they had this game. So that's definitely Absolutely. one, definitely one of, to keep in mind. A bit of Jack it. Billings about him, isn't there? Yeah, well, there certainly is. Uh, Bailey Frisch bounced back as well with another 102 for those that uh, used him to cover Heaney this week, like myself. That was uh, fantastic. Um, and on the Dockers side of things, a ton from Walters was really, really nice to see. 104, mm. nicey. Luke Ryan bouncing uh, down, not really bouncing back. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it a, a few times this year, only mm. the 69. He's been a really serviceable player this year, Nicey, but we're just kind of seeing him just taper off a little bit. And there was the discussion maybe maybe three to four weeks ago about whether he was a, a solid um, trade-in option. And we've seen since that point he's only averaged 81.6 in his mm. last five and his last three only 69.7 bringing his season average down to 92.7, which sounds really, really good, but it's just nothing you would have hoped for when you brought him in at his maximum price. And I think it's one of these situations where um, everyone has a good month every year. You have, you string a couple games together and make yourself look really good. And I think that's what Luke Ryan did. He had two, uh, two or three months that were really, really solid and made him look like a premium option, but um, there's a few people that bought him bought him in at their maximum price, and we're going to see mm. him dropping away just a little bit, which is unfortunate for owners. Stefan Giro, uh, serviceable for those that have him on their bench with a 44, could have been covering uh, five for those that have run out of trades. Pistol, <clears throat> uh, which is disappointing. <laughs> And uh, the only other one, Lockie Neal was... I really thought Lockie Neal, he was going to be really good. He was playing inside midfield, but he only got Mm. 18 touches because the Demons were just so dominant. And the fact that they only had Sean Darcy and Michael Apness going up against the best Ruckham in the game... He was just not getting any of the ball, and Gorm was just basically tapping it to the opposite side of the Ruck contest so he couldn't get it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Lockie Neal is uh, is my man and hasn't featured in my side all year, unfortunately. And I I really was considering him with five with five going out, but uh, with a yeah with a score of seventy eight this week, he's break even uh, now sits at seventy six. I think I'm I'm seeing. I'm not sure if that's right. Um, but he look, he may still be one if you've brought him in for five. Just persist with him because as as you say that the demons just absolutely slaughtered. Um, slaughtered Freo on the weekend. His break even actually sits at 158, according to according to Supercoach. So he may be dropping quite away in the next couple of weeks. Let's see, he's projected uh, projected to bottom out at about 134k. So if he's around that mark and and you know he he pumps out a good game, um, you know in in the next couple of weeks he he might be an option. But yeah, just disappointing from Neil. But I I, I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be a good option next year. All I, right, I, just been a bit of a down yeah down here from Lockie. 
<laughs> Rookie price, Lockie Neal. I like it. Uh, we'll jump into the next game, the Ruse and the Suns. Dr. Supercoach, very own Showtime, Jackie Plunkett was there to deliver the match ball. And uh, I believe he sent some kind words to the umpire. I think uh, the, the quote that I got from him was, watch the holds on Ben Brown, uh, which is interesting <laughs> that you'd say that you'd say that to an umpire before before a game. It'd probably get them offside a little bit. Um, but, mm. yeah, what really was the battle of the big guys, Jared Witts and Todd Goldstein going, at each other and uh, 130s across the board for both of them which is uh, fantastic and they also had 36 hitouts each so barely could split the two. Took Miller continues his fantastic run of form for those uh, that have him potentially in draft leagues, another 109 and same with Jared Lyons uh, just getting the 99. There's not a whole lot to write home about with the Gold Coast Suns uh, obviously, ten straight losses. There's not a whole lot of super coach um, potential there that we're seeing. So uh, it is a little bit disappointing to see them uh, faltering towards the back end of the year again. Although Jared Harbrow has been not a bad one. That's also uh, a pistol special. He does doesn't mind Jared Harbrow uh, on the <laughs> on the Melbourne North Melbourne side of things. Sean Higgins, which would have been another uh, option to bring in for Fife, only the 75 DT, but 111 in super coach because he was just so influential and this goes to show that if you are being effective with your disposals he went at 84% disposal efficiency 11 contested possessions kicked a goal only the 26 touches Um, but it just shows that even when getting tagged he can be a really really effective player and definitely one that we should have considered for a five replacement and if you you did pick him as a five replacement you wouldn't have been too disappointed no, not at all. And I, as you as you say, only the uh, only the twenty six touches, but nineteen of them were handballs as well. Uh, obviously assisted by two free kicks, but um, Higgins, yeah, just pumping out another another hundred and eleven, just uh, proving that he's one of North North's absolute premium premium players. And uh, and another week that uh, JB gets out of uh, gets out of a fine because he scored above a hundred. Yeah, it's uh, you. I would have thought that took uh, Took Miller would have uh, put a little bit more more time into him because he's been tagging a little bit lately on. And uh, uh, speaking of tagging, Ben Jacobs went to Jared Lyons uh, in the first or second round of the year and kept him to sixty uh, supercoach points. Um, but this week they decided to send him to David Swallow because of the form that he's been in. It allows to get uh, Jared Lyons a little bit off the leash slightly. Um, there's not a whole lot of super coach relevance here. I've got to, I've got to say nicely. It's just a, a, mm. a couple guys that are, um, you may or may not have um, in your team that uh, you know. Um, yeah, the so only other one probably to only other one to probably bring up would be Paul Hearn um, pumped out in '81. Oh yeah, of course, um, which is. Yeah, which is good for good for us who may you know have him either on field or as, as forward cover. Had his name written down, I'd, I've already crossed it off. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> uh, he was playing a little bit more half forward wing kind of role. Kicked a couple goals. Mm. Um, probably missed out on a few more super coach points there, just with his lack of efficiency only going at fifty four percent. So he's going to be safe yeah. for a couple more weeks. Um, we'll talk about the next game, Nicey, which is the most disappointing game of the round. That is Essendon and the Magpies. It, I don't really know what to make of this. It, they kind of both both sides um, are very free flowing, and um, they tried to counteract each other by slowing the game down a little bit, which didn't play into each of their hands. And so you had potentially one of the most free flowing, exciting 
possible matchups in 2018 turn into a slog fest where they had like four goals at half time and then it was nine to 12 at the end of the game. Um, and we won't go into the umpiring because I'm going to seem really biased nicely. So we'll move on. <laughs> Zach Merritt was fantastic, 130. Surprised he didn't get some more time put into him by Levi Greenwood, uh, but he did mm. put up uh, a fantastic score. And, and for those that brought him in for Fife, um, he, he was another one last week that I really liked the look of, so I would have been happy with 130 from him. Uh, 124 from Devin Smith was good, but not what it could have been after a 150 in Dream Team. He really left a few points. Uh, go begging there uh, with the mm. uh, the 13 tackles and 31 possessions. And Michael Hurley with another ton there, mate. There, there's a couple Supercoach options on the bottom side that have uh, you know performed well. And for those that picked up Hurley a few weeks ago when he was underpriced, he hasn't been a terrible option, um, but he hasn't been overly great. And he's down into that you know 94.9 average for the rest of the season, uh, for, his, uh, for the entirety of the season. So I think that low to mid-90s range is what we should expect since the the Bombers have just changed up their play style a little bit there, Nicey. Yeah, absolutely. And and Hurley, you know, going into the season, he was he was the number one ranked defender, wasn't he, last year? He, he finished up. Uh, um, I think he was uh, behind Doherty, but we're discounting him because he... Behind Doherty, yeah, discounting Doherty, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but um, yeah, just, just, you know, a serviceable score from Hurley, even 100 17 kicks. Hopefully, yeah, you know, like you say, uh, a few points has gone begging there with Hurley as well. But, um, yeah, just just one to watch, but but probably not uh, not to be looking at bringing in. I think there's some better options at the moment. Speaking, uh, of, down back. speaking of better options, Scott Pendlebury turned back mm. the clock 163, um, a positive supercoach ratio from only 119 in Dream Team, 19 contested possessions, 34 disposals. He always turns it on against the Bombers. And the, we had quite a few questions about him last week, whether he would be a decent option to bring in for Fife. And I wasn't so sure, but with a three-round average of 136, a five-round average of 116, He's just on a roll at the right time of year for Collingwood. And with no Trelaw, he just looks like a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you say, I, I think the important factor there is no Trelaw. And he's really, uh, he's, as you say, just turning turning back the clock. Collingwood, uh, the weeks ahead, have got West Coast, North, Richmond, Sydney, Brisbane. So... A bit of a bit of a interesting run ahead for the Pies. A few people thinking they might be be pretenders, just having a look at the size that they've beaten and and the position that they currently are on the ladder. Um, but Pendlebury with a break even of sixty two, there's not much danger in him there. He looks fit. He looks like he's going to stay on the park for the rest of the year. I would back him in. Uh, if you still have Fife, I reckon it's a it's a great uh, one for one swap. Um, just effectively a, a sideways trade. You're not uh, not losing much either way there. Yeah. Well, typically. When you're thinking about Scott Pendlebury, he's been renowned as untaggable. In the prime of his career, mm. you couldn't stop him. Coming up in the next few weeks, he um, is playing quite a few at the MCG. So over the next um, seven rounds, he's got four at the MCG, so playing at home. But he does come up against West Coast. We'll probably send um, like a March, uh, Mark Hutchings to him. Then the North with Benny Jacobs um, with no true law surely goes to Scott Pendlebury. Richmond is going to be a tough game in itself, and they'll go head-to-head. But then the week after that, they come up against Sydney with George Hewitt. We've seen Jared Berry do a tagging job on Pat Cripps this week. It is going to be interesting whether he can keep this up or whether this is just is a purple patch because if we're looking back at his scores, 163 this week, 108 last week, the week before that, 136. 
and then I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six weeks since his previous ton. So um, you, you're getting him underpriced because of that little run, but um, whether this three-week period is you know indicative of how he's going to finish the year or whether it's just come the fact that he's come up against Carlton, Gold Coast, and Essendon, neither of which are a terribly good side in 2018, remains to be seen whether that's going to influence it. Jack Crisp just keeps on here nicely, a 95. He was uh, a good option a few weeks ago. And uh, Jeremy Howe, 82, is serviceable. So a couple little defensive options. We should talk about Brad Sire. Uh, Braden Sire, sorry, 57. He's on the bubble this week, nicey. Uh, averaging 70, $124,000 midfielder, minus 64 break even. He's another one to have a look at. Uh, we'll jump into the final game of the round, nicey. Eagles and Giants. And the Eagles' uh, home crowd pretty much just got them across the line because it looks like the Giant, looked like the Giants were, were just going to scrape home when Whitfield put them in front. Some really, really good scores on uh, on both sides. We should probably talk mm. about Elliot Yo and Andrew Gaff to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Elliot Yo uh, was brought into my side this week, and he absolutely did not let me down. 19 kicks, 13 handballs, um, and 12 con- contested possessions. Had a fantastic game. And my man Gaff that I've uh, I've talked up throughout the year as well, he's uh, he's sort of starting to break through that ceiling that uh, that he sort of struggled to earlier in the year. He pumped out 123 supercoach points this week with 22 kicks and 19 handballs. Uh, kicked the two goals as well. So fantastic from Gaff. And he's just, you know, on a on a little bit of a on a little bit of a roll at the moment as well, Andrew Gaff. Uh, you know he's been one of the most consistent players all year. He sort of hits the hundred almost every week. I don't think there's been too many weeks where he's uh, where he's missed it. But um, the last few weeks have been have been real hot for for Gaff. One hundred twenty three, one hundred thirty six, and one hundred twenty two in his last three three games. So with a break even of seventy eight again, another one that there's not much danger in jumping on uh, if you've still got uh, still got Nat Fife in your side. Yeah, agree with that one. Nicely. That's uh, that's really well said. Um, the interesting thing for me is that they had Mark Hutchings again go to Josh Kelly and keep him to only the 26 disposals and 94 supercoach points. Really mm. didn't have the same influence on the game as what we expected. It's interesting that when you have your star and Josh Kelly getting tagged out, you don't send someone like a, a Matty DeBoer or maybe a, a Sam Reed to Andrew Gaff to try and curb his, his influence when he was so damaging um, during the game. He's kicked two goals and had 41 touches and you don't send anyone to him. That's um, mm. a, a little bit interesting to me, uh, particularly in a close uh, encounter like that. Uh, Canelio, 106. Lockie Field, Whitfield, 113 for those that still have them floating around their sides. And on the Eagles' side of things, Jack Redden was huge, nicey, 154. This is kind of something that was foretold in the preseason that he had the potential to do this. We've seen him do it at Brisbane. We just have not seen him with the ability to do this over an entire season at West Coast. But again, he's just showing glimpses here and there. Absolutely. And I think I may be putting words in his mouth, but I think I remember uh, Pistol bringing him up uh, earlier in the year when he went on that hot streak. He hit the ton five times in a row, um, topping out there with a score of 134. Um, And Pistol was, uh, I think, was interested in in him then at that point in time. (laughs) But he's just... He's just topped that again uh, this week with the uh, with the score of 154, and as you say, maybe not one uh, maybe not one that many would have jumped on this year, and and that's reflected in his scores early on. But um, 
yeah, definitely one to watch and, and have a look at over the next preseason because he may feature very heavily in sides next year. Yeah, definitely talk about when Pistol liked him, not when I liked him in the preseason. So, uh, really, ha- <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having my back there, mate. Uh, Nick Nat bounced back again with a 115. We are worried that he is slowing down a little bit, but um, mm. 100 average across the whole season, 100 average in his last three, 103 average in his last five. That's pretty much what you should expect. But I'll say it again here nicely. You're just losing out every week, not being able to have scores from Gorn and Grundy. They've both put up 150s this week, and if you you don't have, uh, if you have a Nick Nat like that, you're losing out every single week because it's not like in defence where you can kind of cover Absolutely. where you have six of them. Uh, in the uh, in the ruck line, you've only got two for the entirety of the year. So if you you've got yeah. Nick Nat, you are losing out. So um, definitely in my opinion, well, and the thing is with Nick Nat is you go sorry. So I was just going to say, the thing is with Nick Nat as well, he's still only, this week, only had the 63% game time. So you're losing out on points there as well when you compare, you know, the Grundys and the and the Gorns uh, to him, who are probably playing sort of, you know, 80, maybe even 90% game time. Um, Nick Nat, obviously the potential is there and he may be one to look at next year, but he, he's just not 100% right yet, is he? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Nicey, only the 63% um, time on ground. And if we do compare that to, um, say, a Grundy this week, just while I bring it up here, Nicey, uh, Grundy's spent 70, uh, sorry, 88% time on ground. So it's a significant difference. And, you know, mm. just being on the ground uh, effectively the, uh, allows them to score points because as a ruckman, you're going to pretty much every contest on, on the ground. So, uh, the the chances of getting uh, more of the balls is definitely where it's at. So you're losing out if you have Nick Nat. Um, the only other thing that I took away from this game is we're definitely seeing a little bit of Rioli in Willie Rioli. Rather than just his name, we're starting to see the flair mm. nicely. We saw that little cheeky smile, a couple of little celebrations. He's kicked two goals in a close encounter, and I, he, I think he's really starting to like the big time. He's uh, he's showing that little bit of DNA, that little bit of Rioli oh. DNA that we've seen uh, through countless others in the recent years. Absolutely. Well, the... the uh the accolade of being the number one Rioli in the competition has just uh, has just moved its head, hasn't he? He's, he's competing with uh, with Daniel over at Richmond, and I've got to say it's it's a closer contest than than what a lot of people um, would think, especially especially the Richmond supporters. They get around uh, they get around young Daniel, don't they? But um, no, Willie Rioli expect his name to to feature. Uh, a lot in in the weeks to come. He only had the uh, only had the five kicks and and three handballs. But uh, as we know, the Riolis don't have to touch it much to have a big impact on a game, do they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last two that we'll touch on from the Eagles, solid contributors, Shannon Hearn and Luke Shuey, both putting up low tons. Exactly, kind of what we expect from those two. Shuey's pretty cheap at the moment, so um, for those that jumped on him as a, an M nine position, they'd be pretty happy. Nicey, mm. that pretty much wraps up the podcast for the uh, the round 16 recap. It's been fantastic having you on, mate. We've uh, talked through a lot of footy, and uh, it's it's nice to just hear your voice sometimes, uh, particularly after we've uh, had a tumultuous buy rounds and uh, uh, lots of premiums going down with injuries and concussions and tight calves. It, it is nice to hear your soothing voice. Mate, it's uh, it's nice to be back. It's uh, It's been a couple of weeks, and... 
and uh, yeah, just just fantastic to to hear you talk us through the round, Cheezo. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks uh, for jumping on, community. Thanks for listening. If you're still with us at the end of the podcast, we uh, should be back this Thursday for a uh, a lockout podcast again. Now the Thursday night games have gone, I believe, nicely. I'm just going to check that because the I don't know what your opinion is, but I'm just getting sick of these Thursday night. No, we've got another one. So. Uh, oh, we got it. Beautiful. Yeah, that's that's all we've got for you no. this week, community. If you do want to find JB Pistol or myself, you can go to our Twitter handles where we will try and get through as many of your questions as we can. You can find Pistol at Pistol underscore DRC, JB at JB underscore DRC, and myself, Chizo with a Z underscore DRSC. And we'll try and get through as many questions as we can before lockout. And uh, we'll see you soon, Nicey. Great to have you on, community. Keep trucking through. It's nearly the end of the season. For those that are planning for 2019, there's not far to go. For those that are at the pointy end, keep pushing, and hopefully you get some luck from the Supercoach Gods. We'll talk to you later.